0: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: The show you're about to listen to is very old and comes with a warning. When we recorded these shows over a decade ago, the world was a different place and we were little more than children. As a result of this, you might hear a few things that by today's standards, we judge to be inappropriate or offensive. Please don't be offended. In the years that have passed since recording these shows, we've all grown up to be wonderful, loving, liberal, free thinking, open minded individuals. If the us from over a decade ago say something to upset the you of today, please understand that we're as disgusted with ourselves as you are. But isn't this what life is all about? Learning and growing. We all said and did things in our younger days that make us cringe when we think about them. We just recorded it and put it out on the Internet. With all that in mind, I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and there's just one more thing. Don't email the show or try to enter competitions. We don't have that email anymore, and all the competitions are over. We do have a Facebook group where you're very welcome to discuss any aspects of the podcast. Please visit simplysyndicated.com for more information.
2: to this week's movies used to uh, see there you go it's a winner every time it's good to be back <laughs> this week we're doing lost in translation um, my name is Tristan Ofield my name is Mike Dawson my name is Craig Bevan I'm Richie Smith and with us on the show for the next couple of weeks as a guest is
3: Nigel Crow glad special to be guest. here special, special guest. guest thank you for joining us welcome to the show thank you
2: uh, <laughs> every time every time Okay, who wants to kick off with this one? You. Well, before oh. we start, we have the, we've got lots of things to talk about,
4: haven't we? We've got the forum. Yes, we yeah, have. Yeah. yeah mate. So, for those of you who haven't found the forum, and I think there's about 496 of you who haven't found the forum yet, you can find it on the blog page. There's a link on the right hand side, and it says new forums. That's it. It's good, isn't it? So get on there. Uh, get on the, there. We've had the some. Debate. We've had some wonderful, positive comments and some. Other comments as well <laughs>
2: um, But we enjoy getting all of them So please keep posting and join the debate after the show
4: Thank you specifically to Nick D yep. And G-Mac yep. Hello G-Mac
2: <laughs> He <laughs> still hasn't cut his <laughs> I'm not his cutting my fucking bones. sideburns
4: <laughs> <laughs> Craig's bigger than mine You've got a full beard <laughs> So you can all just get lost <laughs> So, shall I? Yeah, uh, go for it, mate. I think the reason we're discussing this film really is because I think it's an absolute load of crap, (laughs) (laughs) and people tend to disagree with me. But I'm I'm sticking to my guns on this one.
2: We have a challenge. I think we've got a challenge, Nigel. A challenge. challenge.
4: So Mm. I'll let you lot start because you have nice things to say. Okay. Well, the- I'll just absorb it and then
2: go. You wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. What's the What's his name? Frank. What's his name? We always forget Giovanni him. Ribisi. There we are. Is a photographer, and he's doing a job in Japan. And his wife, played by Scarlett Johansson, has come along to join him for this trip. And the film starts with a very lovely shot, although quietly disturbing, of her legs and her backside. Yeah there we are and it's the film's about basically I think about being an, well some respects about being an alien which yeah. is very obviously kind of put across in the style of shots and the manner and her isolation etc etc um, I don't know, you really know when I can... exactly my point yeah me too I was going to say exactly the same it's yeah. going to be a winner for it. sorry I've had about an hour's sleep and had to drive for five hours to come and do this show so if I'm slightly off someone pick up please
4: okay go on then. Why, why should I like this film what's wrong with me not liking this film okay well Tristan mentioned the cinematography
5: yeah um, mm. shot in particular you were talking about previous to actually get, getting on air it was the one in the bar yeah it seems to be perpendicular to everything else and...
2: well there's this one particular shot that stuck in my mind although like um, Lance Accord's shots. I mean, every single one is absolutely gorgeous. But one that did actually stick out in my mind was it's the second meeting of Scarlett Johansson's character and Bill Murray's character in the bar. And he's just offered to buy a Santori and she said no vodka tonic. And if you actually look at it, it's a two shot on them. And there's just something about if you look at the positioning, this is quite anal, but if you look at the positioning of the glasses. The coasters, the napkins, her cigarette pack in relation to them at the bar. It's perfectly imbalanced, but yet balanced at the same time. It's just one you've got to look out for. It's 32 minutes, 40 seconds into the film, and it's an absolute each, you have to see it. It's an absolute winner. You know, that sounds
4: Absolutely. like you've done some research.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I got in about two o'clock this morning and thought, oh, Christ, I've got to actually see the film if I'm going to defeat Rich. <laughs>
4: yeah.
5: Yeah. So, yeah, we've got some beautiful scape, cityscapes uh, of um, is it Tokyo that they're in? <laughs> That's they are right, in Tokyo, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Um, beautiful shots.
2: It looks like it took them days to set up some of these. and Ironically, it didn't. Just in the sense they're a very small crew working extremely fast. Yeah. Most of it's handheld. You've got your tripod shots in there. Mm. Um, but it was generally done at a rush to avoid being arrested by the police and pissing people off yeah. in general. Didn't they have permission to film anything? Um, I can't go into detail because I don't know, but from looking at the making of and stuff like that, there were a couple of occasions where they nearly got arrested. They annoyed a couple of rest. They annoyed one of the restaurant owners and stuff. I don't know the details of that because it's not on there. Um, but one of the, the crazy things about shooting in japan is the fact that you you meant to just be able to set up and again i think this was on the making of um what's the film of sarah michelle Gellers just at the grudge Mm. on the making of that where normally if you're doing a hollywood film or uk film or anything like that everyone that's on set um you know if you're doing a street scene is an extra in japan they just stick up the cameras and roll Mm. apparently
3: Mm, like, did you ever see any filming when you were out there? I saw lots of documentaries being mm. made there, um, particularly at that crossing where she's seen. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why they weren't hassled by police. There's a police box right behind her, mm. actually, but they, they're they so used to documentary filmmakers there, it's no problem.
2: So what was the big issue with the? Because they, they thought that was going to be a really difficult kind of day, and it wasn't for them. Is that because it's such... I mean, what's so special about that crossing? its
3: It's just a sea of people. That's in Shibuya and that is the main shopping place for all the uh, for all the young girls so there's a whole bunch of people there all the time and that crossing there's always about 600 700 people crossing what so basically it's chaos.
2: Yeah, every it's every organized chaos
3: right yeah. okay yeah. and if they if they stopped it then the the police would get very angry
2: Right, I see. So that's why they just went with it, and I... Tokyo would grind to a halt. <laughs> that's true. Six hundred new people turned
4: up every five
2: minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be carnage, really, wouldn't it? So after twenty minutes,
4: <laughs> I'm not going to go into.
2: No, because we know how bad getting, the maths you know is. Bad. Mike, 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 just remind me what what's what's ten percent of a million? It's about what. Grand? Yeah, I think it's something like that. You graduated. No, I, I can't be bothered. Anyone no, out there who, no, who knows no, what the no, answer is, please no, tell me. Okay, so cinematography is an absolute winner. Um, what else did we saw Lancercord had done, and we checked out. It. it was Adaptation, which is another cracking film, which you should see, and I think we will probably do at some point. You have not seen it yet. No, it's, it's, it's got its moments. It's definitely... It's Nicolas Cage, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's Ooh. times two. And his brother. And his yeah. <clears throat> Another beautiful thing about cinematography is the film isn't afraid to breathe, and there's there's a couple of there's a golfing shot. I can't remember where that is. I didn't write the time down. Uh, Fuck off. Um, But it 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 almost feels like it's there for no purpose other than to be a nice shot of Japan, and it's just a deep breath. It's just uh, Bill Murray setting up a ball, teeing off, and then going to walk after his ball, and that's it. And it's just you take a nice deep breath and the pace I don't know the pacing we've got
5: you know it's just very subtle as well you know what I mean there's not a lot of action that goes on there's not a lot of in your face stuff it's just presenting the scene to you it's just presenting the area surroundings and that's that's how I think it helps with the alienation of the characters especially like when you see him in the lift and he's about half a foot taller than everyone and he's just like looking down and you ju- he just looks so out of place
2: yeah it is beautifully I feel done I that as
5: well because the whole culture is so different from the western world and you can just tell from just the way it's been shot you know just, just everything I think about the way you know the film
2: progresses mm. so the cinematography is good ok all right. I'm still C- not convinced. the cinemat- cinematography tick so do, you, do you agree no it, it's it be. looks it
4: beautiful it's it's a great looking film it's got wonderful cinematography but a good film's a whole package okay, it's not we'll just, just we'll good get cinematography
3: to, we'll get on to more then ok go on to okay, more ok so we've so, got being an alien well second I'd say it grows on you you know it's a very slow movie in that it takes a while for the two um, the hero and the heroine to meet so you You've got that, they're not thrown together by um, you know, some some Deus Ex machine or something, you know, some chance. So it's very natural how they meet and how they you know, how they get together. And I like that. That's very rare in movies nowadays.
2: Mm. Okay. I'll move on to character a little bit because we'll start with Scarlett Johansson. Um because I mentioned earlier that the first shot was a shot of her legs and a shot of her bottom as the, yeah, nice one. That's a thumbs up from Nigel for that one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's something about... She's beautiful. Yeah, but that's what I want to get onto because you've got, you know, for quite a a bit of the first part of the movie, she's in her pants, Mm. yeah. But there's something that's so... How do I put it? So normal and unsexy about it you yeah. get what I mean it's not a shot of her ass to look cracking it's yeah. just this is her she's laid in the bed this oh, is what she's yeah, wearing yeah. yeah you know you can see the crack of her ass through the through the, the pants it's just a bit like un- what, uh, what minutes which, which, <laughs> <laughs> look at it It's straight away um, <laughs> no which is Pretty almost which is almost quite unnerving because it's almost like you have actually just stepped into her voyeuristic as opposed
5: to
2: yeah but not in a not in a yeah, sexual yeah, 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 way yeah. Um, which is kind of what works Works so nicely for her character because she's so normal mm. that she's absolutely gorgeous, especially when she's pitted up against um, the movie star character. And and you see the two of them, and and she's so much more attractive. But yet she's not dolled up, she's not bleached blonde, stuff mm. like that. And it's something that's so normal about her that is that's it. She appeals on every level. Yeah, as absolutely to just stunning, spot on. on. Yeah, without a doubt. So I want to start with her character and that, and the use of cinematography to describe her.
4: Okay. Well, okay. I'm, I'm going to use Scarlett Johansson as my jumping off point. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Now then. Okay. Craig, you're a young man about town. You like the ladies.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've discussed this before. Well, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do like the and, ladies. And
4: I would assume that Scarlett Johansson would be in there.
5: Well, she'd have to work hard for me. Yeah, definitely.
4: Now, (laughs) if you were to see Scarlett Johansson in a club sort of thing, do you think you'd you'd go try and pull Scarlett there? Possibly. Possibly. You see, because my my where's this going? Yeah, I'll tell you where this is going (laughs) because I'm telling you that there is no chance in hell that a girl like that would look twice at Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not about... Oh, no, it's, it's not you about mean, that. you, come you on. dirty old man with your nasty pitted face? <laughs> oh, come on. Get, Get off. So many more levels to this, Rich. No, So
5: no, many no, more no, levels rich, to this. Riches. It's about identifying on that level.
6: It's a personality thing. Richard, yes. how many times have you walked down the street and seen some absolute stun knockout, Stunning girl walking along with a booted guy, and you think he Good must point. be fucking loaded. And then they get into a Nova hatchback and drive off into the sunset. I've never seen that. Have you not
4: seen that? I've never that?
6: seen so, that.
5: Last night, it happened last night. We saw this absolutely stunning girl. We're at a yeah. gig last night, and um, she had a bloke with her, and he was—he must have been about ten years older than her, and he was—he he was a bit—he was a bit fat, and he, he just wasn't like you know—he he just he just you yeah. wouldn't expect it at all but he got up on the mic and his personality was just he was sound as hell it's just like all right I'll let you off he was <laughs> yeah he
6: was a stand-up comic he got up on the stage and he started going off on and one he was really fucking funny and he's with this stunning girl and he's not a great guy to look at but the personality shines through
4: on that
3: mm. okay i think you know ironically you, you you've touched on another theme it's about shared experience mm. in yeah. that where they are they're both aliens they're both mm. gaijin in this place and they're both in this really soulless hotel so even though they're very different one's very hot one's very rich they, they're, they're at the same level because they both know they're both american right and they're both alone and they're both alone and I think that instantly brings them closer together so Mm. all the other stuff is you know got rid of
6: you also got the shared thing with them both having trouble with their relationships as well and yeah just about I don't know you can for me you can read into it on two different levels either yeah it's about the whole the fact that they're two similar people in an alien place who find each other in that way or there's a slightly more and forgive me this might sound cheesy but the idea of finding love wherever it Happens basically that it will
2: happen in the oddest of
6: situations.
2: It's also about the way that she greets him, though, as well, because she never, she obviously knows who he is Mm -hmm. as this big movie star, Mm. but she never says, "Hey, aren't you that guy?" Because earlier on in the film, two guys start talking about him across the table, and he buggers off Mm. because he can't be asked to deal with it. She never says, "Oh my god, it's you." She just says, "Person," as opposed to a movie star. She just says, "Hey." Yeah. Okay. Which I think is kind of the the start of their kind of relationship in that yeah. respect. Yeah. It could have gone both ways at that moment. Mm. That, and, I'll concede
4: that one then. Okay, yeah. We're winning we are winning, we're winning Okay, we're going to go. Okay. We're
2: going to go. I'd like to move on... Hang on. I know we've touched on cinematography and the legs and stuff like that, but there's something... I was Because I didn't know who'd shot... I didn't know who'd shot... Who was the DOP. I didn't know who'd shot it. And... There were some moments that were so sensitive. I mean, OK, obviously it's directed by Sofia Coppola and woman's touch is evident in films that they direct. Mm. Um, but I did wonder whether the DOP was female. I really did because there's just the shots, especially of Scarlett Johansson, are so sensitive and there's almost a tactile quality to them. Um, you know, to the point that you feel like you can almost like feel her coat and stuff like that, and how the scarf feels around her neck and things like that. I don't know. I was shocked to find, you know, that it was a bloke that shot it. Um, I don't know. There was just something that had, you know, there was such a female quality to the film. And I'm wondering if it's from the editor. I'm wondering if it's because it's Sarah Flack. Sarah Flack. I don't know what else she's done.
5: It was so emphatic, you know, it was. You, you could feel exactly what they were feeling yeah, by the way they sell the shots.
2: There's something really nice about the handheld style as well because mm-hmm. if you watch all the shots, it's got the old handheld two-step... And you can see there's two bumps little pause another two bumps <laughs> as you kind of if you watch it watch the shots and you'll see especially when there's there's the one of her looking out the window that kind of rotates around. I can't remember where it is and it's two steps steady two steps steady as you to, as a cameraman you know you're trying to find your feet and line up but it works for it you do feel like you're looking in which is kind of kind of the point of handheld really mm. which kind of brings me to the the end with us kind of looking in on what's going on but we'll come to we'll come to that later we'll come to that later the audience is there as an observer of this
5: let's fly the wall type thing but Mm
2: -hmm. not. not a lot nicer to, to stop now stop, <laughs> stop. <coughs> can we talk about Bill Murray we can talk all about Bill Murray mate yep making
4: Little a tangent then because <laughs> you've got to <laughs> that's alright well we've already spoken about him. about him have we well, in, in Ghost, Ghost, Ghostbusters so. yeah. yeah there's now again talk of Ghostbusters 3 <laughs> really <laughs> again yeah
2: is that since because he is making a bit of a comeback as we... I, he doesn't want to do it right if right. it comes back now
4: they want to put Ben Stiller in oh <gasps> <gasps>
3: He's too angry. I think he can only play angry. He can't play rye. Yeah, he's he's not
2: as dry as Bill Murray is. I wouldn't say <sighs> th- th- he's charismatic. Uh, there's something beautiful yeah. about Bill Murray's deliveries as well. And there's something that's just so perfectly ordinary. Mm. Mm. Which, but he's getting he's
4: getting in lost in translation.
2: Yeah, he is. He is. He's absolutely fantastic. The relationship between him and Scarlett Johansson is Mm -hmm. fantastic. The chemistry between them, especially, is spot on. It really is beautiful. And there's the scene that kind of everyone knows what you get to, which is the scene where they're both laying in bed and they're both looking up. I think there's three shots. It's one overhead and then two over the shoulders. And the dialogue... And the acting there is absolutely to die for. It's when he's talking about kids and life. And it's something I'd never heard before, talking about how utterly terrifying it is the first day you have kids because your life, as you know it, is over. Hmm. And there's something that kind of makes you go, oh, shit.
3: (laughs) But also, you know, that scene just shows how much of a hypocrite he is because he says, you know, you have the kids and then they turn out to be the most delightful people you'll ever meet. But these delightful people, he forgets one of Adam's birthday, his son, and then the daughter, He, you know, she's obviously not eating. He says, tell her to eat something. He doesn't pick up the phone. Oh, sorry, he doesn't ask her to put her through. Yeah, he lets his wife so, deal with it. Yeah, he? He's, he, he's not really that great a person. That's
6: one of the things that in a film, in any film that takes its level down to, you know, really ultra-naturalistic, subtle level, one of the best things... Which will make me really enjoy a film, is when you put in flaws for the characters. Right. And not even and, and if you put in that the good guys aren't, you know, cleaner whiter than white, cleaner than clean, and if you put in so the bad guys have a little bit of humanity in them or anything else like that, it just makes the experience that much better because you don't get to the end and think you know, it's not black and white at the end. You suddenly get to it and think, well, you know, I don't know. Did I like that guy? You know, that's one that, you know, Heat, for He's example. He's a generally good guy. But, mm. yeah. Heat, for example, is one of the best examples of that. I mean, okay, they get in their throwaway villains with, like, the rapist and a couple of other things, but generally, you don't, you know, Robert De Niro's a bank robber, Al Pacino's a copper, but they, you know, but they're both flawed and they are both
4: got qualities to them the, the you know. good thing with Heat was that you feel sympathy for both of them yeah. and that gunfight at the end you don't actually want either of them, of them to, to win, to win true, true. you want Robert Nero to get away and Al Pacino to just go oh well he got away well as someone
6: infinitely more intelligent than me once said <laughs> you like people for their qualities you love them for their flaws and that always sticks with me in In this sense in that you, you fall in love with not fall in love with characters but you you grow attached further attached to characters who have flaws mm. and who have you know if you put in flaws in, in their nature and stuff and they fuck up and well, they do things wrong they make mistakes well it's yeah,
2: not just that it's something you can relate to, can relate to it yeah, yeah. yeah that's
6: it it's I mean all about that it's just relating to the, the character more because
2: otherwise how are you supposed to relate to somebody who's perfect because no one's perfect, it isn't real. That kind of leads me on to what I love about Bill Murray's relationship with his wife, which you only ever get over the phone. And again, it's very, very underplayed. Little things like, you know, they're chatting and she says at the end of the phone call, well, thanks for checking in. You know, she didn't say love you, bye. Neither of them do. It's like, well, cheers for checking in. And everyone's got to the checking in part of a relationship when it's like, yeah, I've just phoned you because I have to and, you know, and... I don't know where I'm going, with, but it's, it's, it's there. You do get such a feel of his home life yeah. or his relationship with his wife just from that. And again, it's something you can kind of, again, you can relate to and almost sympathize with kind of where he's, he's, I mean, that's the thing. What's so intriguing about his relationship with Scarlett Johansson is where is this going Is this about to turn into an affair? Because to begin with, his relationship with her, after they've been out to the party and he's carrying her back and she's asleep and he puts her in bed, there's something that's quite father-daughter about that to begin with.
4: Definitely. Um, I always felt that was sort of what their relationship was. I mean, okay, they're the two kindred spirits that get together because they're both aliens, but it was... I don't know. There was always more of a father-daughter sort of relationship. Well, I think it's just the age. I think it's just the age that kind of brings that out. In obviously, Bill
5: Murray's had children as well. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it definitely, he feels
6: like he has to look
5: after her. Mm. So that I think
6: it's just. That's another excellent point in the film. Generally, is how that how muddled that relationship is mm. for me. Just the fact that it isn't as clean cut and dry as the you know the. The you know the guy loves the girl and everything else like that. There is this implication that there's a father like figure. And where do we stand with that? I mean, you know, in terms as an audience member, is like, well, isn't he taking advantage of this girl? She's a bit vulnerable, but isn't he vulnerable as well? And it's again blowing the line.
2: Who's taking advantage? Because I mean, doesn't she invite? They meet at the bar, but Mm -hmm. doesn't she invite him out first? That's When her husband goes away on business because she could go with him he invites her with him but she says no because she wants to see what bill murray's doing she's i mean the photography the photographic character is quite tragic in a sense
4: well so you, yeah you've got the two they have their respective partners and mm. they're both in reasonably dull shitty relationships
2: Mm. it's not I mean what what terrifies me about the photography character is the fact I can see so much myself in him in the sense that just being really committed to work and there's a beautiful moment where he says he he says oh you know the the record label got us these and he produces the two bottles of Cristal and she's like oh you know stay and have some with me but he's going to be late so he goes and everyone's been put in that awkward situation where you do want to stay with your girlfriend but at the same time you have got to get to work so you can actually get some cash for the Pair of you, mm. you know, she's not working. She's just done a degree in philosophy, etc., etc. And there is that kind of responsibility edge that he has. I think people who do degrees in
4: philosophy never end up working. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, this is true. Except it is
4: university philosophy lecturers. Yes, <laughs> that is the only. It's thing, one of those yeah. things. You what can, do you do? You get a career I'm as a writer. Yeah, or
5: writing, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. I sit around all day and go, hmm. You can't see I'm
2: doing the strokey beard. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, is, I, I think yeah. I think everyone gets it. Okay, so we're talking basically the relationship. I think is an absolute winner. Yeah, really do. It really grows. It mm. matures. You're winning so far. Yeah, I have to say, you're definitely winning. Okay, that well, is four on one. So <laughs> <laughs> soundtrack. I think the soundtrack is as beautifully understated as Scarlett Johansson's character is, and done by ninety-two thousand people. I just the only tune that I think is out of it's maybe out of place for, for the film but perfect for the, the, the setting yeah. of the scene yeah, yeah. is in the strip club um, where they're playing Peaches, which yeah. is its second use in film, and I think about the last two or three years because it's used in My Little Lie as well. Um, but the rest of it is so beautiful and so sombre and works so well with the cinematography, the pace of the movie, etc. There's no orchestral tracks, mm. I don't believe. It's all it's all beat music Works towards i find the film very
6: evocative of uh, times in the past that i've had similar instances or something like that not necessarily you know that i've gone to tokyo and met some girl and this thing has happened you know but where you meet somebody who you don't know before and I, I don't know it might just be me but i don't remember the occasion but i do have a very clear memory of meeting somebody I've not seen since, not been in contact with since, not had anything to do with, but just that almost a magical weekend or something or weeks where you've been with somebody and then at the end of it, you look back and you think, is this is, was this a dream? And the, I think like the music helps with that and the idea, you're just flowing with it and the characters are just going with it. It's not something they'd necessarily ordinarily do, but because both of them are in the same position, they kind of meet and they just drift into this it's hard to describe in words but the feeling of just you
2: know say the music mike say the music well that's basically what they did so it's
6: you know the, just the idea that you you get somewhere and you don't you're not sure how it actually happened or what actually happened and you think well what what did that mean when that you know you, you don't really even analyze it afterwards you just take it as a really nice point in your life and that was it it's a separate entity it's completely autonomous to the rest so of whatever is going on put it, in, on. A box and put it the... in a box remember it occasionally fondly but that's you know, and carry on but it you, you gets to the point years later where you think well did that actually happen? Did, uh, when when did that happen? Yeah, of course, like I am right now. Did this actually happen? Was this a dream? My life's not that interesting. Possibly it probably isn't. But, um, yeah, that's it, basically. Someone else take it.
5: So, so,
2: yeah. so, so that was a winner for the soundtrack. It makes Mike think of times past.
4: So, Rich, views on the soundtrack views on the set I love the music no, another tick I'm, in the you, box you winks, we're ticking right? the box on, what oh, don't you like Come Come on, you you right what is, is your biggest t- you wanna know
2: yeah let's, let's go because then we can defend
4: it's the end it's the end beyond all doubt it's the end that just destroys the movie for me I mean I, we sat we watched the whole thing and I was with it until the end and it builds up and builds up that you've got this relationship between the two main characters and they're getting closer and closer and Physically nothing ever happens between them, does it? No, no. It's not like they end up in bed or anything like that. And we see them sort of developing this relationship where we think they're falling in love with each other. All this potential energy sort of thing. Yeah, and then it gets mm-hmm. to the end point where they've both gotta go home. And there's gotta be something it builds up to this moment where he's gonna say something to her that makes it all alright. And
2: it's got to be something monumental in all
4: fairness. It's all right that we've experienced this and you've got to go back to your life and I've got to go back to my life. And it builds up and you're just about to get the line and we don't even hear it. That's well, that don't you so, me up
3: so uh, much don't you like the uncertainty that every time you watch it you'll be thinking something new or when you think about Lost in Translation you'll be yeah. thinking oh maybe he said this or maybe he said that
4: I see your point but the thing is I couldn't think and still can't think of what he could have possibly said to make that alright because he, he, whatever he says he does, he says it and it makes everything alright, they hug and they leave and it's the end of the movie Mm. But we don't know what he says, and but the why, why? Why do you? Why, you why do you need that? Because I get the feeling that even Sophia Coppola didn't have a bloody clue what he said either.
2: And well, she doesn't though. That's the reason. point. She doesn't. That's it.
4: I've got. But c- it comes back
2: that. to the handheld style, though, doesn't it? Because we are looking in. On of what's going Except on. The end. No, but that's the point where you're reminded that you're just looking in, and we're not entitled to that no. as the audience. That's their private moment, and mm-hmm. you know when Grant kind of mentioned he asked, you know, does anybody know? Apparently, you know, Sophia Coppola doesn't know
3: what was said between the two of them. no only Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Isn't that magical? See, the characters are so strong that even she doesn't know, mm. you know, they're, they're Slight, so
6: realistic, slightly different interpretation. It might maybe sound like a real big soppy romance, but the, I personally liked it for the fact that, you know, maybe it was whatever he said was so beautiful, but it would be lost in translation if it ever came out. Ah, good one. Good one. I like that. See, that you can't really, you know, that anything that he, anything that was going to be audible to the audience wasn't going to be enough and anything that he's you know he said whatever it meant between the two characters still would never be translated into the to the audience well enough so just leave it out
2: I also think it's an excellent I mean look what it's done, it's sparked debate. Right. And that's got like, that's, getting onto what you were on about, which is every time you'll see something different in it or you have the possibility. Mm-hmm.
4: It is a big debate. I mean, like I said to you earlier, I put on a, a general movie forum just one comment that I hated the ending and that has spurred so many people to come on and add things to it. But that it's just so debatable as to whether it's a good ending or not.
3: What I think interesting is that you say, you know, he says something to her and then everything's all right. Mm. I mean, we don't know that, you know, she's blinking about the tears and she is smiling because I'm pretty sure he just says something jokingly. But it's, you know, fairly profound. But that's the thing. It's not necessarily all right. It's just he says something that is correct for that moment for Mm -hmm. both of them.
4: You know what, the only the, the problem I have with it is that I get the feeling that if I was Bill Murray in filming that scene and I knew nobody was ever gonna hear, hear what I said to her, I'd probably say something that she'd have to try and not to laugh at. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he may have done.
2: He may have done. He just
4: leans over and goes, I've got no underpants on. <laughs> yeah.
2: okay. Something like okay. that and she's got to try and look act like he said something
4: this man really no dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's with that that makes me just think, Oh, you couldn't be bothered to write that line, could you? You'd didn't know you built it up so much but some of the and best of the best, that is. best productions come
5: from improvisation mm-hmm. really do some of the best character moments come from improvisation And <laughs> I mean doing a theatre degree as you know I've learned that some of the best shows I've been in, best shows I've seen, have stemmed from improvisation.
4: From when somebody is so much that character. That's it. It's all about being the character, and you know, just
2: you're hating saying this, aren't you? Hating <laughs> <I don't know laughs> saying it, but
4: yes,
5: it's
6: and even yeah, even from a script writing point of view and anything else, you know, you can do a draft of a script and like we're doing currently, and you, you give it to however many writers to redraft it and go over it. But then if you give it to the actors and actually say to them, right, you do have a bit of Leeway on this, you Mm. can do whatever you want. Then, suddenly, let's say you've got a, a cast of 15 speaking parts, you've then got an additional 15 minds working on the dialogue just makes it that whole bit the interpretations of their Mm -hmm. character I mean that's yeah that's I mean that's taking away from maybe the auteur theory that there should be one creative mind behind every production but I'm pretty much of the collaborative stem of thought where you know the more people you have working on something the more talented people you have working on something the more rounded it's going to be the more more accessible it's going to be exactly well
3: yeah Yeah. but I think any movie that makes the audience think particularly after the movie's over Mm -hmm. is just a super super movie like Chinatown at the end of that you sometimes think about that poor daughter what's going to happen to her and you know and so forth so whereas with the end of Star Wars I don't really (laughs) worry so much
6: Anticlimaxes can you know in certain respects in like if you're building up to something as a you know in a film and then you get to the end and then you want I I get to the point where I'm in almost a, a dual state tick um, <laughs> the duality of man reflected in this film. Um, it's the <laughs> <laughs> you get to the sorry. Cock. Yes,
2: oh, yes, oh, yes. Oh, I've done it again. Got through a whole show. <laughs> no, sorry, mate. There we're, we go. We're, we're not for the kiddies. No, and we're not, not. for the kiddies.
6: <laughs> but, but what I was going to say, yeah, you get through to the end of the. You know, you get through to the end of the film, and my point is completely lost. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs>
6: in, right? lost Thank lost you. Right. There's a couple of
2: things that we're there are some things we're missing out, and I do have I do have a couple of issues with this film as well. I mean, to be fair, you you've got to slam a little. Slam um, away. What's that, you? Tris? <laughs> well, there's no. In fact, first I want to talk about is is um, when they're actually filming the video. With, with the whiskey and the director comes up and there's a beautiful joke about the director rants on for a while in Japanese yeah. and then but you know Bill Murray's kind of trying to pay attention to all of it and then the interpreter comes over and just says you know, he said turn look to the left we, or to look with intensity he's like well is that all he said you know and you know it is hilarious as a joke
4: now that scene sorry to interrupt isn't that that happened to Sean Connery the whole advert that he's doing is a take of a Sean Connery advert where he did the same advert, actually. Is it really? I didn't yeah. know that. That's why it's like it is. Oh, it's, God. it's a sort of, not a spoof, but Hommage. of an yeah. actual I, commercial that they had in Japan, I believe. I have no with, idea. With the same poster of Sean Connery with the glass of whiskey. Oh, shit, I had no idea. And that's why it's in there. I think so much of it is... Sort of supposed to be something in real life. Like well, the actress is supposed to be Cameron Diaz.
3: Ooh. Libelous. No, like,
6: well, it's allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. is Let's that the case? Tap that on allegedly. We're
4: not libelous. We didn't make the film. Say what we want. It's true. Like, I, I didn't know that. So one of you told me that. I think. Did you um, tell me that? No, no. You told me that. No. Um So uh, apparently, she's like that.
3: Oh. Allegedly, uh, Sophia and Cameron met in Japan when Sophia was a model, and then Sophia sorry, 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 Cameron Diaz right. was a model, <laughs> and then later when um, uh, Cameron Diaz was going out with Spike Jones. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of love there between those two. All right, obviously.
2: Yeah, yeah, you can you can see it where it's reflected in the dizziness of her character.
3: But that that point of Trish's, I mean, with the. Uh, with what they're saying and and the long translation, what he actually says to her, uh, what he actually says to the translator is tell him that this Suntory is like meeting an old friend. He says, and then he also says, you know, let's up the tension, tension agate. And then he also says, which she doesn't do, he says quickly. And he actually, he's very rude to Bob Harris. He's not a nice photographer. Mm -hmm. So basically what he's saying, and he just repeats it many times. And then when Bob Harris doesn't know what to do. He then says, Listen, it's very simple. It's very expensive. High level, high level, quickly performance.
2: Right. So she is selectively translating She's being bits. Very selective. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, something because I've spent a bit of time in Asia and I was saying to you before the show that I kind of felt. You know, like I was only being given the selective part of people's translations and I've spent kind of half my life in countries where I've been an alien and not knowing the language around me. And that's the first time I've ever felt that happen. I don't know whether it's just kind of in kind of the Orient. And but. Stuff, but I, I mean, I, he didn't technically need any more information. No. Mm. So she is being very, very carefully. Well, that level of direction worked for George Lucas over six films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and more intense. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. No, it's true. Twiny teenager. Wine. <laughs> no, more wine. More sorry. Whiny. I'm sorry. Maybe you want to hit you hard, did you, <laughs> did you say that works? <laughs> those films. He got away with it. He... No, he didn't. No. He, he, didn't. Didn't. <laughs> he thought he got away right. with it. No one told him to stop it. That's <laughs> yeah.
3: also I think there's a Tiny in joke in that when, um, Giovanni Rubisi is on the phone and he always picks up the phone, and he says mushy mushy. And that actually, it should be mushy mushy. And that actually means insect, insect.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so there's definitely one of yeah. that in gags there. Yeah, definitely. I didn't know about that. But, um, um, did anybody else think that, you know, there was a little bit of racism there? You know, mm. the, the L's, you know, I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've made a note here actually. Lip my stocking. Yeah. Interesting scene. Um, Pack Roger
2: Moore. Yeah, see the Roger Moore thing I had issues with because um if you've not seen the film, he's progressed, he's shot the advert, and he's gone to the photographer to do all the photography for the advert and the photographer's trying to ask him to pose in various different, you know, styles like Rat Pack and he's asking him to do Bond and he says Roger Moore. Was it was it
3: was it l- he says Sean Connery, which is yeah. your point. Yeah. Mm. Bond,
2: be Bond. Yeah, all right, okay. We can argue about this another time. But he says the the, the photographer wants him to do Roger Moore. Mm. And instantly you realise he's talking about Roger Moore, but it takes Bill Murray another mm. six times to grasp it. And I don't know, there's something that I found a little patronising about that. or It was not funny because I was ahead of the character at that point. Um, and I kind of th- I think it kind of falls down. I didn't find the film funny at all. See, I didn't the first I, I, time I watched I, I it. The bit where he was on the
5: stair, the the the, the stepper machine. Yeah, that, was, that destroyed me. <laughs> I, that put me on the floor. I just thought it, it was had, so funny. It
6: had the odd moment of. Of um, amusement and comedy in there, like almost slapstick in places. I don't find the translation jokes funny because they, they were done much better in Wayne's world. I don't find the, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't view this film as a comedy. in, in a oh, film. I, I view it as a drama with moments of amusement it, it here and there. It seemed
4: to be, but, pop, but it was sold yeah. as a comedy, that's the thing. Yeah, it was that, that is. Really. Was one of those. New branch of Bill Murray films in particular that are comedies that it's you like, don't laugh at. Like it's like when life we watch mm. it's, La-
5: it's like when we watched Sideways the other day. Yeah, that's been billed as
6: the
4: funniest the film, film of the year, year. and but it made us
6: laugh what four
5: times? Oh, yeah, very, very good. good
4: man, yeah, we've it, but it watched, but it's an intense drama. And I, I didn't laugh at one point. No, I laughed, from, I laughed a couple of points but the car the misses the The tree. car, the, car the, tree. the tree and so when he drinks the wine from the spittoon thing when he yeah. really wants to drink and won't pour him a drink.
6: Yeah. So that was good. Those are good moments. but yeah, generally but sideways it's, it's, is a... It's a gritty a, drama? Yeah, it's a gritty drama and this is really annoying when people bill films as comedies or something else and... You know, when films get negative reviews and it's because the advertisers have decided to take one step and yeah. didn't do it in a certain way. The two best examples I can think of that are both Steven Soderbergh films, um, Solaris and Traffic. Now, uh, Traffic, they used every single action shot in the film for the trailer and sold it as almost, you know, you had a bit of an intense drama, but they sold it as an action film almost. Um, which it's it's not not at all by any means and Solaris they sold it as an intense kind of sci-fi horror which again it isn't not even remotely close so people went and saw it expecting one thing saw something completely different and were really quite rightly pissed off about
4: it I had the same issue last night when I watched Closer there were a bunch of trailers on the beginning of the DVD Mm. one of them for Spanglish the Adam Sandler film Mm. which is actually a big heartfelt family drama thing about a dysfunctional family Coming together and finding each other. But you watch the trailer it looks and it's billed as crazy the Adam Sandler comedy, mm. which it's not even close to being. Well, interestingly, Lost in Translation did something
6: slightly different when it was released and everyone kind of went to it. And I remember one of my friends saying he saw it in cinema and he got really irritated because people would. You know, when you hear canned laughter and you laugh along with it, and it's yeah. actually not funny, but you laugh along with it because there's canned laughter. It must have been like four or five people in the cinema who just thought, this is a funny, this is going to be a funny film, and we're laughing at everything. And so, it's, you yeah. know, just, he whispered in his ear,
7: that is
6: so funny! Yeah. Bill Murray. It cracks me up. You know, and, then just, and people were just doing that and got really irritated with it. So they actually got away with it to the extent that, but I just. I was very surprised at how serious
4: the film was mm. overall. It, was incre- it is an incredibly serious mm. film. <laughs> it's very serious issues. Yeah, mm. okay. He's still
2: winning. Nigel I- actually was telling me he's got... Is this one of your theories? So people can sue you. Yeah, yeah. You. No, go on, mate. Go for it. No, 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 you, you, you just tell me my theory. theory. No, yeah. about, yeah, about the, right view, the view of Japan, because you were saying how the Japanese uh, people aren't particularly keen on this film.
3: Yeah, I thought that Japanese people would love this movie and that they'd all go to watch it in droves because it's Tokyo, you know, they're very proud of their country, in particular Tokyo. But actually, all the Japanese people I met or taught, um, they all they all hated the movie and they thought that it was really disrespect not disrespectful I think that's a bit too strong a word but they just thought it was um, it just wasn't the real Tokyo and the, there's a lot of cliches there's you know going to the shrines Mount Fuji in the golf course and then the sex club and karaoke and so it's not about that though I think they missed the point that it's about you know rich Americans living in a bubble
5: I was going to say would it be the Western's interpretation of it right. as opposed
2: to the real
5: Tokyo
2: which was somewhat lost in translation on the Japanese yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry
3: but yeah they, I think they, they they believe that you know lost in translation was the Hollywood representation of uh, or mm. Hollywood opinion and I think they found that very annoying right whereas I think Last Samurai they liked a lot more but then again that had Tom Cruise in it so do. that's then, the other yeah. reason why they do love the Tom
6: they get, do they love Tom you know as Brits we always get irritated with American it's interpretations mm. in the UK as well and we're, we're all Brits. baddies we're not, not, not that but whenever they go to England and it's a castle and it's a sweeping meadows and everything like, we don't have cities in England
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's no you know, you're so evil and calculating we're up here in fucking castle we are drinking tea though to be fair at the moment yeah. so yes. we, we're, yeah. we're having the Spice
6: Girls around later on we know it's a very small country it yeah. is the size of
4: Delaware. Or <laughs> it's big. Great. You can actually fit England into Florida six times. You can fit it into South California Australia. six times. Yeah. Something like that. My geography is
2: appalling. Is it as good as his maths? Yeah. <laughs> All get of get our maths. Math. Yeah, I, I, no, don't include me in this, mate. I wasn't <laughs> there. I wasn't there. So, what are we saying? Have we got anything else to kind of say about this?
4: I want to draw the attention. To the, I've just. Brought up Sophia Coppola's page on IMDb. She was in episode one.
2: It doesn't surprise me, but I didn't... see who was she? As an extra somewhere.
4: I think, if I'm reading it it's right, the character name was Sashay.
2: No idea. Which
4: can't be right, because that's
2: a little <laughs> packet of something. <laughs> <laughs> she was in a
4: bar. Oh,
3: People, Lucas and you know, his whimsical names. Mm. Oh, he's got to do something. But... Just one more thing, my my friend uh, uh, Amanda Smith, she told me this yesterday, her theory on the movie is that it's actually more about Sofia Coppola and her father in that, so the... um the husband is always going away on shoots and it all looks very exotic going to japan going to wherever but actually you're not doing anything you're only seeing a hotel room and she imagines that was very similar for sophia when she was a child she'd go away to the philippines was it for apocalypse now Mm. stuff like that go to italy wherever but she wouldn't be on set she wouldn't be doing good stuff she'd just be in the hotel room and so she says there's a bit of father daughter stuff there, some issues maybe.
2: I think that could definitely be right. Definitely, Definitely, I could see it. It's an angle certainly. He gets he gets special thanks on the credit. Francis Ford.
3: Yeah.
4: Did we just call him Francis? Yeah. FF. Yeah.
3: Double F. And he's executive producer. Yeah. That's executive
2: producer. Let's, let's not. <laughs> no. Sorry, sorry. No. That, yeah, that would be harsh. Okay, so I think that's. I think, I think that's about it. Everything. Rich, come on, final verdict. You're going to have to watch it again, I'm aren't you? watch this film again, aren't I? Hey! Yes! You win. It's been a long what? time. It's been a long time in coming, mate. It's been a long time. You're a big man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was Nigel telling Rich he's a big man. Make of that what you will. Um, thanks for joining us again. Um, please keep listening because we love making this.
5: And put some, put some messages on the forum for us so we can. Uh, yeah,
2: join the
4: debate. Join the debate. We can get even more involved.
2: Mm. M- Mike looks like he has something to say, no, but maybe no, he's no, just no, posing no. I with I the still microphone. I can't remember my point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Quickly cut it off before he remembers. Okay, cheers. Thank you for Thank listening. You. Thank you.